Matthew chapter 21. We're all family in this place today. Amen. So as family, you can call me Kuya. No. That means brother, older brother. Amen. Some of you have been here longer than me. So I can call you Ate or Kuya too. But Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 21. Verse 8 to 19, if I speak some Tagalog words while I'm preaching, please bear with me because I tend to just go sometimes, praise the Lord. And my Tagalog is getting better nowadays. Verse 18, now in the morning when he returned to the city, he became hungry. And seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he said to it, no longer shall there ever be any fruit from you. And once, and at once the fig tree withered. Let us pray. Father, we ask your blessing upon the word this morning. Thank you for all of my family that are here this morning. Help us to receive your word with joy in our hearts. And let it bear fruit in due season. That we be fruitful in all that we do. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Give somebody a high five as you have your seats. Tell them we're positioning ourselves for growth. Praise the Lord. I think I saw on one of your flyers or something, positioning for growth. So we're going to go along with that theme this morning. But I want to talk to you about how are we going to position ourselves for growth. Because if you're a believer, you shouldn't be the same as you was two months ago. Hello. Because if you're the same as you was two months ago, you better be ready for some trials to happen in your life today. Amen. Because God has not, it's not in God's perfect desire and will for our life to stay the same. But we are called to become more and more like Christ. We are called to evolve and become individuals that are not going to just be ordinary believers, but we're going to have that spirit of Christ within us that makes us more extraordinary. How, how many can say Amen. And so we got to understand that, listen, we got to continue to challenge ourselves and our spirit to pray more and fast more, seek the Lord more, and continue to position ourselves in a place where we're not going to stay the same. And God is really concerned with the fruitfulness of our life. He wants us all to be fruitful. If you're going to be in a place where you're going to grow and evolve and become a believer, then listen, you're going to start to see things change in your life. You see, the fruits that I used to have before Christ, hello somebody, they didn't taste so good. Because you're going to bear fruit one way or the other. If you're bearing fruits of unrighteousness, well then, there, there it is. But God now has changed the fruits in my life. And now, you know, the fruits in my life and in our lives should become to where we can, people would love to just look at it and say, that looks real delicious. Masara. That looks real good. I got to have some of that. And that's what we got to believe, that God has called us, and he doesn't want us just to be a barren fig tree. Fruitfulness in three areas that God wants in our life is, number one, of course, he wants you to be fruitful numerically. God is a, a God concerned with numbers. There's even a book in the Bible called Numbers. So God is really concerned that we will also be individuals. Say, I'm an individual. Within the body... 
then we would also bring others to Christ. We got to produce ourselves and reproduce believers. And listen, it ain't just for the evangelist or the prophet. It ain't just for the pastor or the leader. But God has called you and I to be believers that would also attract new people to come to church. Bring people to Christ. Tell us somebody. Maybe they're not ready to go to church, but you better be ready to lead them to your Savior. I'm going to get say amen. He's also concerned that we will be fruitful in, spiritual, in our spiritual life. You read about it in Ephesians chapter 4, that each member will no longer be an infant tossed back and forth. But we will begin to be believers that will attain the full measure of Christ. We cannot have just a partial part of Christ. Some of us just want love, that's it. We want more of God's love, but we don't want more of God's righteousness. But as a believer, the more fruitful, fruitful we become, abiding in Christ and being in Christ, then we start to see spiritual fruits in our life become available, not for ourselves, but for others. You see, when you start to have the fruits of the Spirit, trust me, it is for you, but it's more for others. You see, when you're more of a patient individual, who benefits from it? Others. Hello? When you have more of the fruit of love and joy and peace, hello, how many know that it's not just you, but it's more for the benefit of others, and people will want to come and taste of those fruits as well? Then also God would be concerned with our fruitfulness in the, organically as well. This means that you'll have stronger relationships that will be mutually supportive of one another. Listen, most of us who came from a worldly lifestyle, we were only concerned about ourselves. We didn't really have good relationships. You know what? You probably try to look for it in a man or a woman in your life, and you went from one relationship to another, to another, to another, and you was looking for love in all the wrong places. How many can say amen? And you found that even your friendships couldn't even be trusted. Because most of the time your friends would lie or sneak and they were also just thinking about themselves in the end of everything anyways. But in the house of the Lord you start to have an organic growth, spiritual growth, fruitful growth and you start to realize, listen, yeah, ain't nobody going to be perfect in this place. How many can say amen? But nevertheless, listen, the relationships that we have in Christ are built to last. That's why you got to be in a group today. You see, we all need to grow up to the point where we can speak to each other with truth. Even if the truth hurts. Even if the truth ain't what you want to hear. But we all got to grow to that place where we can speak the truth to one another. And after everything's said and done, we're still family anyways. How many can say amen? Don't get hurt. Don't get offended. Don't allow yourself to get wounded or beat up by anybody speaking the truth. Because the truth will set us free. I had people in my life, man, it was hard to swallow their truth. Ooh, man, I just want my pride wants to rise up and say, what'd you say? Talking to me? Really? You said, you said. You see, the fig tree looked very promising from a distance. You see, Jesus wasn't right up close to it yet. 
And he was hungry and he saw the tree at a distance. It looked promising at a distance, full of leaves. But when he got a closer look at it, there was no fruit. How disappointing Christ was. Hello. You're hungry. You need something in your stomach, nutrition. You look, oh, yeah, there's a tree. It looks good. It's got green leaves and it looks full. You get up close to it. Bam. Looked promising, but it became very disappointing. There are many who are hungry in the world we live in today. There are a lot of people searching for something to satisfy their hunger. And they might see your life at a distance. And your, your life as a believer, they're looking at your life. And at a distance, it looks promising. Oh, yeah, there's something there. Maybe that'll fulfill my hunger. But then when they get closer, sometimes nowadays believers are getting washed down. Hello, somebody. Nowadays, there are a lot of believers that are like the fig tree who have a lot of leaves. And they look promising on the outside. But when you get closer, all of a sudden, oh, Lord, my God, are you really a believer? Can I tell the truth? Can I say amen? Because a lot of believers are stuck in religious acts today. Religious, going to church, going home, saying amen, saying hallelujah. They got all the verbiage down. They got all the praise the Lord down. They don't cuss anymore, really. Hello, somebody, when nobody's looking or listening. Hello, somebody. But no fruit. Fruitless believers. Luke 13, there's a parable, and it says, if a, tree, if a tree is not bearing fruit, it is disappointing to the Father, and He will say, what good is that tree? It just takes up a bunch of space and yields no fruit. Matthew 3.10, John says, the axe is already laid at the root of the tree. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit by keeping with repentance. Hello, somebody. Talking about compromising believers. By keeping with repentance is cut down. Tell your neighbor, he's talking to me. Before we move on, I want to talk about some words that we're going to find in the Hebrew and the, in the Greek when it comes to barrenness, unfruitfulness. First of all, one word I want to talk about, you'll find it in, in many scriptures throughout the Old Testament. Genesis, Judges, Genesis. You're going to see it also in Exodus 23, verse 26. This is the word akar, A-Q-A-R. This is a Hebrew word for barrenness. Basically, it means the destruction or removal of genetic organs, barren or sterile. You'll find it examples of it from the life of Sarah, from the life of Zelaponi, Samson's mother, even Rebecca. Hello, somebody. They were already old in age and they had no children. They were unable to reproduce. This is like a lot of believers today, and I'm going to try to move along here because I got a lot to say. How many can say amen? But the absence, this basically represents the absence of a believer who has no witnessing in their life. Hello. No church planning spirit. Hello, somebody. No witnessing, no evangelism, no, no nothing, no reproduction organs. They're just going to church. They go to prayer meetings, they hear the word on Sunday morning, they go to all the functions, but they're just getting spiritually fat. Mataba. Everybody say mataba. Say mataba. That's fat in my language. Praise the Lord. A second word I want to give you is shakol. S-H-A-K-O-L. You find it in Leviticus 26-22. And this basically means that you, as a believer, you can't keep the souls that God has given to you. You cannot sustain the growth. You see, if you're positioning yourself for growth, 
If you're positioning yourself to be fruitful, then you're in a place where you're ready to go ahead and raise the spiritual children up in the Lord. You're ready to disciple them and keep them. But this, a lot of times in the, in, the, in the churches today, they get newcomers all the time, all the time. I've been there. Hello, somebody. No, newcomers every Sunday, but we're not able to keep them. We're not able to sustain the growth. This is what this means, word means when it's translated. It's like miscarrying or abortion, those things. Third word here in the Hebrew, melaha. M-E-L-E-H-A-H. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, also in Psalms 107, verse 34. It is like a salted land, a desert, a barren land. In other words, it's like soil that is poisoned. I have a new hobby the last few months. My hobby is something, because I come from the inner city. I've never done this before in my life, but I, except for, okay, you want to talk reality when I used to plant, you know, the reefers. Okay? We're in church. I got to tell the truth. I used to plant reefers, but now I'm planting, you know, avocado trees and chili plants, and I got to have cilantro plants, otherwise my wife won't cook. Hello, somebody. So I have a lot of cilantro plants, praise the Lord. I got a lot of things I'm planting. I'm learning a lot about soil, because we have in our property, a lot of property for the home, and there's a lot of space to plant stuff and, you know, grow stuff. We've, I grew some uh, salad greens and everything else and you know and now we're going to plant corn and all that I'm like I'm excited every morning to wake up get in the presence and after I get it after prayer and everything I get with the men in the home we're getting together we're turning the soil and we're doing all this stuff putting fertilizer and everything else and now you know I've learned about soil because there's some soil in our property that does not reproduce because it's hard it's crusty it's very you know but no there's no fertile ground there but then there are other places where you can just go ahead and dig it up and you throw a seed, just throw it on there and something will come up. This is what Melaha is. Poisoned soil, salted land, a desert or barren land. There is no produce. There's no life. Basically dead to any kind of seed. In spite of what we do as believers many times, and what are, in spite of what you put into people as a believer, in discipleship or teaching, they are going to just be unable to bear fruit. How many been there? I mean, you, can, you invest a lot into people's lives. You know, putting into them and teaching them and giving them and, you know, going the extra mile to make sure they get more and get more. We, that's why Victory Outreach, we believe in having, you know, the journey night and, and in prayer meetings and Bible study and church and church and church. Just to get it in you and shake you up and say, okay, something's got to come out of you someday. Hello, somebody. But unfortunately, many times they are unable to bear fruit. Why? Because they're still poison within the soil of their heart. Many years going to church. Many years going to church. Many sermons. They've even been prayed over. Hello, somebody. But nothing. Voila. Everybody say, voila. I'm going to learn Tagalog today. Say, voila. Voila. That means nothing. Zero. Zilch. This is what I like to call the Jerusalem mentality. You see, the Jerusalem, when you have a Jerusalem mentality, it's a religious mentality. It's okay, I go to church, I pay my tithes, I do this and I do that, but nothing else. No more commitment. No more extra mile, nothing. That's it. I do what's expected of me, period. You got to be broken. Tell your neighbor, I got to be broken. Come on, tell your neighbor, I got to be broken. Here's another word. 
Otzer, O-T-S-E-R. Proverbs 30, verse 16. This means to hold back, to close up, to withhold and stop. Some are holding back today. Some are holding back even in churches all around the world. There are four different reasons, and they're, they're just holding back. They're not giving their gifts and talents to the Lord. They're just holding back, sitting on their gifts and their blessed assurance. Hello, somebody. Doing nothing. You can see, I believe that every believer, all the, the body of Christ has a function within the church. Hello. And if you are a believer, you got to start to see fruitfulness. But there are people holding back so there's no fruitfulness. People who just sit around and do nothing for Christ. And listen, I'm sorry, but I'm going to bring it this morning. I might, you know, you might step on your toe this morning. Praise the Lord. You all right? All right? Say, hurt me some more. Okay, all right. I'm going to do it some more. Praise the Lord. But you got to go ahead and know that God has gifted you. God has put something inside of you. God has given you something of the supernatural nature. It's nothing that you could have done before Christ. Hello, somebody. But there's something, a seed of God's unmerited favor, a seed of supernatural ability in your life. And that seed's got to be watered. That seed's got to start to have fruit. And if you're going to continue just to allow there to be no fruit supernaturally, some believers don't do nothing by faith. Some believers are just holding back. And you know what? They hear about faith. They get all excited about faith. But they don't step out by faith. Hello, somebody. Faith is, an, is, a, is a verb. It's an action word. It's something you got to continue to apply to your life. You got to exercise it. You got to work at it. You got to do something with it. How many can say amen? amen? Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. Number five, last Hebrew word. It's hard to say, but it's siyah. T-S-I-Y-A-H. Isaiah 41, verse 18. In Psalm 63, verse 1, this speaks of a dry land, a wilderness. This is all speaking of being dry of the spirit. Very logical in your thinking. You always analyze everything. Amen. You're getting spiritually fat up here. Amen. And everything in your life is made by logic. You approach even life in a secular method. Hello, somebody. Because there's a lack of the spirit. There's not a, a drinking of the spirit. And listen, this is where you're going to be unfruitful. You, that's why you've got to be in a growth group. Get in more prayer in your life. I've learned that, listen, you can't just do everything here. But before you do anything here, you've got to do something here. You've got to have the presence of God in your life, the anointing of God. Because, listen, I've seen over the years laboring for the Lord that, listen, there were times in my life where, you know what, I might have lost that cutting-edge prayer in my life. And because of it, I was doing a lot of work with no results, no fruit. Doesn't that stink? You work real hard. Man, you sweat, blood, sweat, and tears. And then you say, for what? Before, well, the tr truth is maybe you need a little more spirit in your life. How many can say amen? amen? Two words in the Greek, real quickly. Steras, S-T-E-I-R-A-S. Luke's one, verse, chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 36. Basically, it means to be stiff, and it speaks about being stubborn, disobedient. In my language, mantigas en ulo. Sometimes pretending to be spiritual, but you're really not. This is like the frozen chosen type of people. Hello, somebody. Amen. 
those who are just, you know, frozen, doing nothing. And how many know those who are the frozen chosen need a little heat? Got to melt them down a little bit. Amen? Because, listen, those of us who are stubborn, and we've all been stubborn. Have you been stubborn? Raise your hand like you just don't care. Hello, somebody. Come on. Those of you who are not raising your hand, you're still stubborn, then that's probably the truth. Amen. Because you didn't listen to me. You're, you know, pride was, oh, I'm not raising my hand. What's she talking about, man? But you got to understand, listen, that I know everything attitude. I'm the, the first and the last. Nobody can teach me nothing because I've been there, done that, been serving the Lord for 50 years. And who, who, who's this new baby Christian going to teach me? What are they going to say to me? Hello, somebody. You better get right before you get left. Because, listen, I know and I learned in my spirit that, listen, I should be able to be learned from anybody, anytime, any place. Hello, somebody. Because, listen, I have not arrived. i got to continue to get in the presence of God because, listen, I need more. I need to learn more. I need to grow more. I need to evolve more. How many can say amen? amen? Second word is argos, A-R-G-O-S. This means to be inactive, unemployed, lazy, and idle. Hello, somebody. Jesus said today, church, listen, he already announced it. Listen, you say that the harvest time is there, such and such time. But he says today is the time of harvesting. Today, look up, open your eyes and see, listen, the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Send ye the workers out. That means they got to go somewhere. They got to do something. There has to be action on the part of the believers. How many can say amen? If you want to see a fruitful lifestyle as a believer, then you got to do something. you got to move forward. you got to get off your blessed assurance and, hello, stop being unemployed in the Lord. Just because you don't get a paycheck to do something in the church don't mean that it's an employment. Hello, somebody. Listen, I've been storing up treasure in the earth and heaven. Hello. There was a day when I first got involved in ministry. I wasn't getting paid and I wasn't looking for a paycheck. But I used to walk more than two miles to get to the church office every single day, counting my steps because I was bored. Hello. But I had to get to church. I had to be there. I had to position myself for fruitfulness. I had to be in the right place at the right time because God called me to go ahead and put my hand to the plow not look back hello somebody because God has called you hallelujah and you got to position yourself get in the right place at the right time don't be out somewhere else you know watching television when you should be on your knees don't be looking around you know being in the wrong place at the wrong time listen believers should always be in the right place at the right time now is the harvest time, Victory Outreach. Now is the time today. Tell your neighbor today. The season is ripe and ready. What God needs is for believers to go ahead and realize that every believer has been called to be fruitful. So how am I going to be fruitful? Psalms 1 verse 3 talks about I need to be contacted with living water. You see, you got to be planted in the soil near the water, the living water of God. Without the living water, the Bible says that you will be fruitless. You see, the water determines how the soil is going to be producing and how the soil is going to bring forth. And we got to realize you got to plant yourself in the living water of God. Secondly, Matthew 13, 23 says you got to have a spiritual ear. Talking about the parable of the sower. He who hears my word and does what, he, what it says, then he is like the one with good soil in their heart got to have a spiritual ear too many times we got so much worldly wax in our ears 
this is the way it should be done. It makes no sense. This is the way, you know, everybody's doing it. Well, step out of everybody and do something extraordinary. How many can say amen? Don't just be an average Joe. Hello. You step out and you say, you know what? I'm not ordinary anymore. God has not called me to be the same as I was yesterday. God has called me out. How many can say amen? Got to get that spiritual earwax and clean out those ears and hear the word of God. And when you hear it, let it be applied. Do something about it. Move on it. Apply it and live it. How many can say amen? John chapter 12, verse 24. If you're going to be fruitful, you must die to your old life. You got to die to your old life. Listen, when you're planting seeds in the soil, you cannot plant a seed straight from the fruit into the ground. They have to dry out. I'm learning something. Hello, somebody. You got to put them out and let them dry up to where they look all, you know, dead now. But when it's dead, that's when it will reproduce. And when you plant it in there, then it comes out and it even springs up a lot faster. And you start to see the fruitfulness. The same with us. We got to die to our old self. Listen, that convict mentality. Hello, that, that poor poverty mentality. God has called you to be blessed and fruitful in all that you do. God has called you to do something greater than, the, than your life meant before. Amen. And you got to understand, listen, that old stinky thinking got to be gone. Every time you have an evil thought, you better cast it out and say, in Jesus' name, I'm blessed. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. Start singing worship. Start blessing the Lord every time you have that evil. Because listen, every one of you don't lie. You have evil thoughts every single day. Don't lie. You ain't got to lie to kick in here. Be real. In our, in our language, in other words, don't be plastic. Be the genuine article. Don't be the fake Louis Vuitton. Huh? Be the real Rolex. How many can say amen? But the truth is, listen. You all have those thoughts. We all have those thoughts. And listen, ain't nobody arrived yet to where you ain't going to have those thoughts. Because the devil's shooting those arrows at you all day long. Hey, you know what? You want to get angry. You want to get mad. You want to start being a hater. You want to, you know, all these thoughts. And you hate everybody, man. Everybody's the enemy. Everybody's the devil. Like the water boy. Huh? Girls are from the devil. Football's from the devil. Foosball. Right? Foosball. You got to die to your old life. You got to stop dressing the same as you did last year. Hello, somebody. God wants you to look good like a Christian should. How many can say amen? And there ain't nobody should be recognizing something else besides your face. Hello, somebody. Because then it's a big disgrace. I'm going to be a poet and I didn't even know it. Whatever you are showing off is how people are going to be looking at you. Raise the standard in your life. Pull up them draws a little bit. Hello, somebody. Nobody wants to see that. Crack kills. How many can say amen? Come on, tell your neighbor. Crack kills, bro. Pull them up. Jeez, we used to laugh at people, you know, the plumbers, you know. Nowadays, man, they ain't even got to bend over. It's all, it's all, bam, there it is. Brother, oh, come on now. Sheesh, 
Number four. You can still, you know, have baggies a little bit, all right, but just keep them up. Put a belt on. You know what's funny? They have belts on, but they're still down. <laughs> Amen. I know I'm getting old, okay? All right. Praise the Lord. It's okay. I'm not with that kind of thing anymore. Hello. I'm still back in the breaking days. Hello, somebody. When you had parachute pants and, you know. I okay. Now I just gave up my age. My daughter's turning 21 this year. That's how old I am. Praise the Lord. Amen. This month, I'm sorry. Number four, John 15, verse 2, talks about how we should, in order to be fruitful, you're going to have to learn to embrace the time of chastening and pruning. <clears throat> you see, you might have a little bit of fruit in your life, but don't be satisfied with that fruit. And the only way you're going to be more fruitful is when you yield yourself to the Lord. And you allow him to prune you. He's going to cut you up a little bit. He's going to show you areas in your life that you thought were gone. He's going to show you, look, I'm still dealing with that pride. Look, man, I'm still trying to take out this thing and that thing. man. You know, and you better be mature enough to recognize, man, i got to get rid of it. Leadership principle number one in my church. Everybody go like this. You want to be number one? Go on, everybody go like this. Raise it up. Come on. You want to be number one? Stop doing that and start doing this. You know, leaders are so quick to do. You want to be number one? I got problems. I got issues. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to get right. Ain't there yet. Tell your neighbor, ain't there yet. But God needs to prune you and shape you and dress you because the more you're pruned, then the more fruitfulness will come in your life. Then your patience. You want the fruit of patience and you want more patience, then God's going to prune the patience root in your life. Amen. And fifthly, I'm almost done. John 15.5 says that we should abide in Christ. You know, as believers, I'm sorry, but I look at the, the last days we're in. And I was talking to her with Pastor Stephan the other day. You know, it's, it's really sad that believers just want to go ahead and serve God and still want to drink and still want to, you know, associate themselves with things from their past. I'm sorry, but I really, my conviction says no. My conviction says this is the temple right here. Amen. Whatever I put into it, it's going to come out of it. And I, there are a lot of, I'm not just talking about the sipping saints. Hello, somebody. I'm talking about those who have not yet the conviction to get rid of their vices. It's sad because, you, you, you know, I guess after being a pastor for a few years, you start to have, you start to care a little more. You start to believe, man, gosh, you want people to be blessed. You want people to have that fruitfulness in their life. You want them to experience what you're experiencing, you know, in full-time ministry, living by faith and serving God and laboring for the Lord, the joy and the peace and the things that come into your life. You want others to experience that, but they continue to allow the foothold of the enemy to rob because you cannot have good fruit and bad fruit. 
what will happen is you'll be unfruitful. Because bad fruit just rottens and falls. Bam. Wasted. Nothing. We have to abide in Christ. Hey, Jim. You have to abide in Christ. There's nothing, no doubt about it. Because if you're not connected with Jesus, then you're going to see fruit in your life that are going to be corrupted by your nature. Because we all have an evil nature. We all have that evil nature. Paul would say how the members in his body, there's a warfare taking place, a battle from good and evil inside of me. And it's always trying to take over. And, and you know, if you don't abide in Christ, it's going to take over. And I get sad when I see brothers and sisters falling away and giving up, running away and quitting and, and, you know, fighting, you know, and even backbiting against the church because of this and that. Listen, listen, we ain't here to judge one another. We're just all trying to become, you know, Christians. I'm just trying to serve the Lord. We ain't perfect. We need Jesus. I need Jesus every single day. If I don't have Jesus today, then man, listen, I might say the wrong thing. I might do the wrong thing. I might, you know, offend somebody. I might just destroy something because I know who I am without Christ. I know the destructive force that can take place in my life and the things, you know, I'll start fires and I'll be ready to fight and box and all that. Hello, somebody. But when I'm in Christ, hello, then I'm able to stand and know that all the things that I'm doing and flowing from my life is going to be fruitful. Without Christ, it's not even possible. You gotta soak yourself in the presence of God. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go. Everybody say go and bear fruit, and that your fruit will remain. That whatever you ask, my Father, it shall be done. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to close with this scripture. Ezekiel 47, verse 12. This is something that has been a scripture I've been standing on and praying on and for the last couple years now. Isaiah 47, verse 12. In the river, and by the river on its bank, on one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Everybody say for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every single month. Hallelujah. Because their water flows from the sanctuary and their fruit will be food and their leaves for healing. You see, even the leaves of your life can bring healing. you allow everything to come from the sanctuary. You will see fruit every month. Fruit. Good things happening. Miracles happening. Signs and wonders happening. Move of God happening because it's coming from the source. And your life will become good food for others. Hello? Your life. You see, listen. My life before, nobody wanted nothing to do with me. Hello. Even my dog hated me. Hello, somebody. But now, people get offended. Family members get offended if I come to the U.S. and I don't even call him or 
can't visit them because I don't have a car usually, so I just, you know. But thank God, you know, they, they're even going the extra mile. My grandfather, he lives way up in Nowhereville, Corning, California. He's going to drive all the way next weekend to Sacramento just to go to church and be there with me. And you see, these are things that, you know, hey, food to eat from your life. Salvation of loved ones. My sister's no longer a drug addict. She's serving God, my family, my mother. Man, it's just miracle after miracle after miracle. But it only had come in my life in those seasons where I was desperate for Jesus. All I needed was Jesus. All I could do was have more of Jesus. And I need to abide in the presence of the Lord. How many can say amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. This church can bear fruit every month. This church can bear fruit every month. This church can be a fruitful church every month if we make a decision today to be that fruitful believer, the individual, the individual who will connect themselves in the presence of God and start to make a change, a difference right there. Greatness is in your life. Greatness is in your life. Your life can be tasteful to people in around your life. People will not be detested by your presence, but people will be attracted by your presence in their life because you have the presence of the Lord. Every head is bowed and every eye closed right now. Listen, hey, every one of us need to know that, listen, we need to be more fruitful. Because I don't want to be cut off. I don't want to be thrown away. I don't want to be cast aside. I want to be right there and God is going to come and he's going to be able to look at my life closely and say, there's fruit coming right there. There's fruit coming right now. God has ministered to your life. If you're here today, every head bowed and every head closed, lift up your hand or stand to your feet, whatever you want to do. But make an acknowledgement that, listen, I need to be a fruitful believer today. I need to stand up and say, listen, I want to be that tree that is well watered and well watered and more fruitfulness. More people are going to come. And I'm going to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I'm going to be a fruitful believer. And the growth is going to come from my life. I'm going to take ownership of the growth of this church. I'm going to take ownership of the growth of this ministry because I know Oh, God has called me. The altars are open for those of you who say, that's me right now. Come on up here and say, listen, I'm going to take responsibility. I am the one, the individual one that's going to be a fruit.